a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. We're talking BYU hoops because we can't talk anymore about the BYU football program after what happened last night against East Carolina. And basketball gets underway in about a week's time. Their home opener is against Idaho State on November 7th. They do have an exhibition game this week against Ottawa, Arizona. Right now, though, we want to get out and talk with one of the up-and-coming players on this year's team. Fresh off a mission, he is the... uh, Maybe the backup point guard, Dallin Hall. Dallin, thanks for joining us here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Back off the mission, fresh out of the BOU basketball team. Uh, just how have workouts been for you um, coming off the mission? I imagine it's a challenge getting back to where you were before you left. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of an interesting mindset, right, trying to get back to where you were. But honestly, it's been really good. It's been a process for sure. Um, our strength and conditioning coach has been huge for me this summer. His name's Coach Shork. Mm-hmm. And he's just really helped me to take it one step at a time. And that's led to a bunch of huge growth throughout the course of the summer. So I'm excited to keep working with him and keep getting stronger and keep getting better. Are there any things that you can take away from the mission that will help you as a college basketball player? Yeah, there definitely is. On the mission, I definitely learned the the attribute of diligence. And, you know, before my mission, I think I worked hard, but I don't think I managed my time super well. And the mission helped me a lot with managing my time, which is crucial here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I <laughs> you know, can you imagine. You got schoolwork, you got ball, a little bit of a social life. <laughs> <laughs> and so just trying to manage all that, the mission helped me a ton in that regard. And I would say another huge thing it helped me with is, you know, teaching me how to interact with people, how to respect them, how to help them feel valued and loved. And I think that translates to sports, to business, no matter where you go in the world. 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but you did not serve in the place that uh, your call was generated. Is that right? Yep. So you were called foreign, and then you stayed stateside, right? Yeah. What was California like in a pandemic? Yeah, honestly, I don't know what to compare it to since it felt like everything was locked down in Utah when I left. Like, everywhere was locked down. But When did you leave again? I left July 1st. Oh, yeah. So you left right in the thick of the pandemic. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. I'm not sure what the differences were. Luckily, the Central Valley was pretty open compared to other missions, so I got to get out a little bit more. Uh, Last mission question for you, then we can talk some ball, but what is the craziest thing that happened to you on your mission? Because I feel (laughs) like regardless of who served, there's one or two just wild things that happened on a mission that are maybe a story you'll probably tell the rest of your life. Yeah. There's one story that I is actually insane, and I'll try and narrow it down. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, honestly, for me. So my dad, he served his mission in Micronesia, okay. which is like some islands in the Pacific, yep. middle of nowhere. And then I'm in Fresno, right, of all places. Yep. And I knock on this door, and we meet two girls who are from those islands. And wow. So they speak that language. And so my dad... With the technology we have, he got to teach them in their language with me being present. Wow. And they actually decided to, to follow Christ and to be baptized, and he got to come out and baptize them. So. What an amazing story and moment that most people don't get to experience, doing missionary work with your father. Yeah, it was insane. Wow. That is a cool story, though. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, the mission's in the rear view now, and now you're on to your college career. How do you think you can help this year's basketball team? Coach Pope has told me the most important thing I can do for him and for the team this year is to stay healthy so I'm available. And then I think that what I can bring to the table is my ability to make my teammates better. That's something that I've always tried to do is to play the game of basketball the right way to share the ball. And God has gifted me with an ability to see the floor, which um, Coach Pope has helped me to kind of enhance and improve on and It's definitely going to take a little bit more time with each rep, but I think that's what I can help my team with the most is creating for them and helping them to get great shots. Are there any uh, NBA guys that played or still play that you try to emulate? not the right word because I I do believe down that everyone has their own game. No one's a perfect copy of anybody, but are there guys that you watch and you're like, oh, I want to implement that into my game? Yeah, I mean... I'm probably with like three and a half billion other people, but Steph Curry. (laughs) Um, That's why I wear 30 is because of him, his influence on me. I don't think there's someone who's watched more Steph Curry highlights. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I should say this openly, but in high school I used to be in class just washing below my desk. (laughs) Well, your time management's better now, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now I just watch it in the hot tub. Yeah. but, yeah, he's definitely impacted my game a lot. Obviously, we play a little bit differently. I think he's score first, and I'm more of a pass-first point guard that mm-hmm. creates for my team. But his ability to shoot off the ball is something I've definitely tried to to replicate and to implement into my game. Steph Curry's a great choice. I think Steph is uh, – it's weird to say this. I feel like he's kind of underrated in the NBA just because – I look, he's an MVP, finals MVP, right? But – I think because of his size, maybe people don't view him as being as dominant as like a LeBron or a KD. What do you think from all your years and hours of Steph Curry film study has made him so good without the basketball? Yeah, 
I think uh, a huge part that's underrated is his conditioning because he runs off so many screens, and then he has to go down on the other end and guard, uh, which is no easy task in the NBA. And so I think a lot of people don't see the amount of conditioning he does so that he can run off all of those screens. And obviously the coaching system allows him to thrive with that off-ball movement and his teammates. And so I think that that's what separates him is his conditioning and his ability to get open off the ball. There's been a lot of great point guards here at BOU throughout the years. Um, you know, Danny Ainge comes to mind. Jimmer Fredette comes to mind. These are all guys who I think are still involved in the program too. How cool is it to be a, a player here and to have guys like Jimmer come and watch a practice and have Danny Ainge around to have those resources uh, at your disposal as a player? Yeah, it's super amazing. I've had a, a, some short conversations with Jimmer, some longer ones with Danny. What I love about talking with, to Danny is, is he's still in the business, right, of yep. scouting out players, and so he can tell me, he can give me one of the best advice that I can find in the world about how I need to improve my game and how to get better, especially with my goal being to eventually play in the NBA to play professional basketball. So it's really cool to have access to him and to be able to talk with him. A few more questions for you, down, then we'll, then we'll let you go. Uh, specifically with this year's team, you know, last year the pace was slow. How do you think the coaching staff is going to tailor the scheme and the offense to this year's personnel? What have you seen so far through, throughout workouts? Yeah, we're definitely working a lot on transition, trying to play fast, get the ball out and go and run. Um, and then we're definitely working on um, shooting the open three. I wasn't here last year. I didn't see a lot. Yep. Um, but that's something that Foos has talked about. He's like, if you're open, you better shoot it. <laughs> um, and so we're just trying to we're trying to be one of the best three-point shooting in the three-point shooting teams in the country. And with that, we're trying to play super fast so that we can control the pace of the game rather than um, letting the other team just play super slow and stay in their flow of the game. What are some other team goals that, that this group has? You mentioned being one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. What are some other team goals that you guys have for this year? Yeah, we have a, um, a huge goal to be the best locker room in America. And I feel like we're really closing in on that as a team with our chemistry, with our competitiveness. We leave it all out there on the court, and then we come back and we're brothers after that. And so I know that that does translate to the on-court, and that's definitely a huge goal for us is to, to not only be great on the court but off the court as well with each other. Uh, last thing for you, and we'll let you go. Um, what have you seen from, from the new guys, that being Rudy, Jackson, Noah Waterman? I'm probably missing some people, but what have they brought to the table, and, and what are some of their strengths that you've observed it's kind of cool. They all come from different colleges, so they have different experiences. But ultimately, I mean, that's a key word that they all bring to the table is experience. They've played in some big games against some big teams, and so they're very poised and composed. And they teach us young guys a lot, which is cool. They're not, like, keeping it to themselves. They're always willing to share, and they're always pushing us. And I think each of them kind of brings a different thing to the table. Jackson can shoot the heck out of the ball, the lights out and um, he's super long and a great defender, and so I think he definitely offers us that. Noah is, I don't know if I've seen many players like Noah. He's almost seven feet tall with yep. handles like a guard, <laughs> oh, so wow. it's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then Rudy is, I mean, he's a special talent because of his leadership. Every day he brings it. The guys love him. The fans love him. You mm -hmm. can tell that already. Yep. And so he just has a certain charisma about him that, 
really I think Cougar Nation's going to love. I know the guys on the team, we all love him. We're grateful for his experience, his wisdom, and he can shoot the ball also really well. So he just needs to shoot it more. All right, Dallin, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.